The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals being interviewed and do not necessarily represent those of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington Decker. Each episode, I get the privilege to speak to the amazing people taking Winter Haven and its surrounding Central Florida area to the next level. We're future focused, celebrating our entrepreneurial history and leveraging it for our bright future ahead. everyone, and thank you for joining us for It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Katie Worthington-Decker, President and CEO of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce, and I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, Rachel Lawrence, Marketing Coordinator for the Chamber. Hi there. This podcast is produced by the Winter Haven Chamber, but made possible through a phenomenal partnership with Dolphin Image Studios. Our producer from Dolphin Image Studios is Nate. Hey, Nate, tell our listeners a little bit about your studios. Dolphin Image Studios is a uh, full production film and television studio. We offer a 3,000 square foot soundstage, psych wall, LED wall, and a podcast studio. If you want to find us, just go to facebook.com backslash Dolphin Image Studios. We have got a wonderful show for you today. Our first guest is the dynamic president of Polk State College, Dr. Angela Garcia Falconetti, followed by a little inside scoop with Chloe, PR manager from Legoland Florida, on the Year of the Pirate. Frankly, I'm really interested. I've watched the Legoland Pirate Island Hotel come out of the ground, and I can't wait to learn a little bit more about what's actually happening on the inside. Yes. Have you been practicing your arg? I'm really nervous about saying that during the (laughs) podcast today. I don't know if I'll be able to do it without laughing, but I am practicing arg. I'm really bad at talking like a pirate. That just isn't in my DNA, I guess. Fortunately, with podcasts, we can always do a retake. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm like, I just, you know, arg. I don't know. I'm really weak. I got really got to work on the, I'm not intimidating. I sound like a little cat, like a little kitten. (laughs) It's like, arg. (laughs) I need to work on it. So anyway, yeah. So it's going to be an exciting episode today. We're really excited to share a lot of really cool stuff happening um, and, and great news in the community. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of local businesses in the Winter Haven community, including our presenting sponsor, Fred Simons Insurance Agency. That's right. There's a new farmer's insurance agent in your neighborhood. Meet Fred Simons with the Fred Simons Insurance Agency located at 325 Avenue C Southwest, Winter Haven, Florida. As the road you travel changes, so can your insurance needs. Give Fred Simons a call today at 863-259-1826 so he can help you as you assess whether you're ready for the journey ahead. That's Farmers Insurance Agent Fred Simons at 863-259-1826. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Access to quality education. It's one of the most important factors to long-term success, and we are blessed to have Polk State College in our community dedicated to expanding access to higher education for our residents. We are equally blessed to have Dr. Angela Garcia Falconetti as Polk State's fearless leader. Dr. Falconetti was hired by the college's District Board of Trustees in 2017 
and has been a tour de force ever since she started. Her tireless efforts to advocate for Polk State have paid off in dividends, expanding access to programs and partnerships across the county, region, and state. Welcome to the show, Dr. Falconetti. Thank you, Katie. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be here, but also that wonderful introduction. <laughs> you can pay me later. Well, <laughs> no. No, we are. We are. And, it, you know, it's um, funny. When you were first hired for this job, I wrote a blog post about you. I remember. Um, I yes. was in Virginia and I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> and I said uh, in the blog post, I said, my impression of Dr. Falconetti was a woman who has worked hard her entire life, is warm, personable, and genuine, yet very polished and an excellent public speaker. And seriously, you've proven every single one of those points. And I met you once during that time frame. But we are very, very blessed to have you in Polk County and have you continuing the legacy um, of advocacy for our state college, but also uh, bringing it to the next level. So thank you so much. And thank you for being on our podcast. Oh, thank you. No. And I, you know, the word blessed I use quite often. I'm blessed to be here. This is an amazing community. And of course, I remember you. I remember seeing you at our Center for Public Safety in my interview. You and Bonnie Parker That's with Citizens right. Bank. We were determined to ask the hard-hitting questions. And that was, like they were the, great. Like the journalists that we are trying to be but aren't. <laughs> but truly, I, I do want you to know and this community to know that when I met Katie, I thought, what an excellent representative for Winter Haven and Polk County and how fortunate I would be to join this community. So I'm just happy to be here with you oh, and shit. thrilled actually to serve on the Winter Haven Chamber Board. Yes. Well, I am very grateful for you to be one of my 21 bosses. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> So uh, so enough about us. Yes. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's get more about you. <laughs> Arising to be a college president, you know, was it on your to-do list? Was that a goal your whole life? Or how did you kind of end up in this position? Well, it can't be on my to-do list because my to-do list is way too long. <laughs> so it would have been lost in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm just being silly. Uh, no, you know, my parents came here from Cuba with nothing as Cuban exiles. And my father came through Miami as a child, my mother through uh, Spain and then via New York. And they met in Jacksonville, Florida as adults. And I only mention that because my family started here in this country with nothing. Mm -hmm. And I saw as a child how education, specifically higher education, changed our entire lives as a family. And so ever since then, I've kind of broken the, the familial mold. I moved away to study I mean, I've moved to New York University to pursue my undergraduate degree and then fast forward all the way through my postdoctoral fellowships, one at University of Texas at Austin and the second in Washington, D.C., you know, not really to climb a ladder. All of us, I think, want to do well in life if we have if we have great objectives and goals ahead, but really just to give back to a community. And I feel very fortunate. I never forget that this is the only presidency I applied for because I really wanted to be here from what I knew mm -hmm. of the college, and it felt like the right fit, and the rest is history. So it really is, to answer your question, it really is a, a passion. And I believe, just like you in the role that you're in, most successful CEOs or vice presidents or anybody really that, that has a passion for working in what they do, they're going to be successful and successful for the organization if they're not out for themselves, number one. Right. We all are to a certain degree, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just logical because we do want the basics. We do want some funding and being able to do what we can, the best for our families. But right. they're really out. They're driven by something intrinsic, something that really drives them. And so I'm very passionate about our students. I love this county, and I am here for the long run if the county will keep me for the long run. <laughs> <laughs> I think we will. <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, Dr. Falconetti, tell us about your career history that led you to the role at Polk State. Well, you know, it's interesting. Thank you. So when I was at New York University as a student, I decided then that I wanted to be in higher education. And I knew as a child, as I mentioned previously, that I wanted to give back. By the way, you know, English is not my first language. Uh, Spanish is, but now English really is my first language because I've spent 
my whole life here in the United States. Mm-hmm. So I moved on. I decided that um, I was wanted to start in student services, and I did. I started my first job in higher education was at the University of North Florida as an academic advisor and also at Florida State College at Jacksonville teaching in the humanities department as an adjunct mm-hmm. and quickly learned while I was working at UNF, University of North Florida, that I wanted to work in a community college setting and left my full-time job at the time, which I was an associate vice president for student services, moved, I uh, received a promotion internally to uh, pursue this dream of being a community college president because I felt I could give back to a similar demographic that I came from when I was a child. Right. And really, if you think about the community colleges are, you know, they're recognized as open door access institutions, mm-hmm. even though we're a state college, the, the great equalizer, the Ellis Island of of the U.S. <laughs> um, and the higher education system. So I moved on and decided to get as much experience as possible, Rachel, in all facets of the community college sector. So I had some academic affairs experiences, faculty, part-time, of course, adjunct, multiple institutions, learned about the research aspect and institutional effectiveness and, you know, data-supported mm-hmm. decision-making, which is so critical in any business this day and age. Right. Uh, worked internally with faculty and professional development, oversaw university center, um, worked in institutional advancement. So public information, uh, foundations. Uh, We were in Virginia. I was very fortunate to support the system in bringing in the largest gift in the history of the Virginia Community College system. And it was dedicated to STEM-H, so science, technology, engineering, and math scholarships. But they were, I mentioned that only because there are moments like those and experiences that you can't, they're, they're invaluable. You know, you can't get back. And so I felt that if I ever assumed a role as a president, I wanted to be as prepared as possible to give the community what I felt they needed with regards to my influence. Mm -hmm. I feel like starting as an academic advisor um, is such a good place to start because you're experiencing um, the joys and frustration of what the students are going through and trying to figure out how to achieve what they want to achieve, how to make their families proud and happy for them. Um, But, you know, it's everything from that really quick meeting about what classes I need to take to... I have no idea what I want to do with my life, and I need you to chart out a pathway for me. I mean, it's the full it the is, full spectrum, right. and um, and it can be very challenging depending on what uh, if it's an engineering student versus a teacher versus a nurse and navigating all that. So it's true. Um, and so you talked about being the um, product of Cuban immigrants yes. um, coming to the country, and um, but in addition to how that's informed your life decisions in your career, you're also a working mom to a beautiful nine-year-old. Yes, she just turned nine. nine. Reminded me at six thirty in the morning on her birthday. <laughs> Mommy, I'm nine. Daddy. Um, but I mean, that's I mean, this is a very demanding job. You're expected to be a lot of places. Um, you you want to give of yourself to the students, to the community. And all that. How do you balance that being a wife and a mom to a very strong, um, precocious young lady? I mean, how do you handle that? Well, I don't think that there is a recipe for success is the answer to your question. Um, I think that it's just something that we we need to continue to focus on across the board as females who are in the working profession. I personally um, have a very wonderful husband who is extremely supportive. He's thank lovely. you. He, thank you very much. So is yours. I think it. Uh, we're each other's fan club, you can tell, for those that are listening. <laughs> Rachel, we like you too. Don't yeah, worry. Thank you. you out, of course. No, but I have a wonderful husband who helps the family tremendously. And so that that's a great help, driving her back and forth to school. And, you know, I pick up when I need to. But ultimately, I believe that the, the household needs to be dedicated to someone who has a position like the position that I have. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
when I spend time with my daughter or I spend time with my family, it's very meaningful. I try to make it very meaningful, very intentional, very meaningful. And, you know, for example, last weekend we went to spend a night at, at Disney World and I said to my daughter, I said, you know, Sophia, I'm going to have to work all day Saturday. Mm-hmm. But when I'm with you on Sunday, I'm going to spend the whole day with you Sunday and Monday. So it was still hard for her to understand. Right. But you're right. These jobs are 24-7. They're mm-hmm. nonstop. And so it's about trying to develop a balance. And I will say I've not been as good at doing that the first couple of years that I've been here mm-hmm. now, but I'm starting to strike a little bit more of a balance. You know, when you move someplace, it's brand new. You get to right. know people and it's you want to do the best job possible. I know I do. Right. And, um, well, it and just it's, happens. I think one thing that I have enjoyed watching in your time here is um, kind of redefining what that means. So when your daughter needs to come to things, she comes to things. When you need to be at an event that is more socially focused, let's say it's a basketball game or something along those lines, you integrate her as a part of it. And um, and I try to do that, too. I mean, Skylar has been to more ribbon cuttings and groundbreakings than any <laughs> one and a half year old should probably have gone to. But I, I feel like that helps because it breaks down a barrier for other working moms to say, you know what, you know, they can't come to the board of trustees meeting. But if it's an event, if it's a MLK Day celebration, that's a perfect thing to expose um, your daughter to and to be able to to see that. So um, I, I think that. For, for that working mom tribe out there, um, it, having your employer help redefine what that means and, and making your kids a part of the process, a part of your job, really, really helps um, to redefine that. So I appreciate you doing that. It makes it easier oh, for everyone else. <laughs> no, I, Kate, if you don't mind, I'd like to add that I think it's important to be honest with prospective employers. I was honest with the District Board of Trustees and shared with them during my interview that I had at the time a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And they knew that if they were hiring me that they were going to have a president that had a five-year-old. And so it's been a perfect fit because, as you said, this is a very uh, family-oriented area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's very acceptable to have my daughter attend some of the college events. Not all, right. but to be a part of it. I'll never forget a faculty member raised his hand at one of the forums that I was hosting when I was first hired. I went around to all of our centers and campuses, and he said, just remember, um, your job's going to be extremely demanding but please remember to make this a part of your family. Bring your daughter, bring your husband, make them a part of us. And that was just, you know, we know that. But mm-hmm. to hear it from a faculty member, to know that they care that much, too. We have, she's very fortunate. And I would say the same about your daughter, because mm-hmm. they're going to be exposed to things that a lot of other children might not be exposed to, just because they're going to be with us all the time. Right. <laughs> a lot of ribbon cuttings. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, and I love it. Everyone always comments, like, how social. But it's from one month old, she was coming to to chamber events. And so I think it's, um, you know, that's a benefit that she's deriving. She's very used to being around a lot of different people and a lot of different personalities, very noisy yes. rooms. So she learned <laughs> to sleep through that's the noisiest of rooms, which is great. So <laughs> so Dr. Falconetti, yes. uh, why Polk State? Uh, why should someone looking at higher education opportunities consider going to Polk State? Well, first, I'd like to start by sharing what I consider to be the more humanistic side of things before mm-hmm. I give you some amazing data that I know is just going to, well, you don't have socks on, but we'll blow your socks off. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I don't know if you do or not. But um, I, I would like to say that the college is really like a family. When I when I mentioned fit earlier, it's so important for if people have the opportunity to move um, outside of, in the, within the realm of higher education specifically, mm-hmm. and they want to escalate to another level, or or they're looking internally right here in the county to move to another job, my recommendation would be 
don't apply for it if you don't feel it's the right fit for you and for the organization. So all the research I did, I came here and visited the campuses and the centers prior to the position even being posted because I learned that my predecessor was retiring. What I'm getting at is the moment I stepped foot on campus for my interview, I felt that it was really more like a family. The reception um, of all of the candidates, not just me, and it's proven to be true. I mean, we we are. We have a very genuine culture. Um, Sure, it's not a perfect organization, but no organization is. So we're always going to have people that are unhappy with decisions that are being made or want more compensation. And those are things that I'm hired to deal with. And so I believe the way to tackle that is to have a very open, honest, and transparent conversation with employees. And I have an open door policy, so anybody can come talk to me at any time. So that's one. We are like a family. But second, you know, we we have, as far as employment opportunities, um, the main reason I would suggest individuals to come here and be employed at the college is, you know, we're positioned for growth. Mm-hmm. We have people have an amazing opportunity that come to work for us to help build something and see it just flourish, where a lot of the institutions amongst the great 28, the original 28 uh, colleges that used to be the junior college system and now the community college system and now I should have said then and now the, the state college system is that, um, you know, a lot of them are already national award-winning institutions. Mm-hmm. So they, they are reaching their peak. I don't want to say that they, they have reached their peak because I don't work for those organizations, but they're reaching their peak. So Florida is a very sophisticated system. We're number one in the country with regards to higher education across the board, including the university system. Which is something most people don't know. They don't know. like, emphasize yes. that because when you hear people say that, they think, you know, they just think of Florida education is not good. Absolutely. Number one. Absolutely. When it comes to our state college system and our university system. Yes. And so then we talk about economic development. It's so exciting to serve on the Winter Haven Chamber Board, you know, to collaborate with a lot of the economic development authorities to help build programs to help serve the local community. Um, there's just such opportunity for growth. So that would be my top recommendation to anybody who really wants to excel in higher education is come here and see it grow. We're already doing very sophisticated things, but see things just develop because there are not many places in Florida, if you look at the state, you know, look at the state, not too many areas that are positioned for the type of growth that we're positioned for in Polk County, you know, the traffic coming from Orlando and the same from Tampa. So it's Mm -hmm. just an exciting time. So from a student perspective, um, for a lot of your students, kind of talk about your student demographics a little bit, because I think when when we're little and this I feel like this is changing a little bit, but um, generationally it was you're going to go to high school and then you're going to go to college and your college is going to be a four year university, um, either a state or out of state or private, whatever it might be. Um, but you didn't really think about community college, now state college, as the awesome opportunity that is here locally. So talk a little bit about your student makeup and the opportunities that Polk State provides with the access to that higher education. Well, first of all, our student body is is very diverse. So I'm going to provide an answer that doesn't have statistics embedded within it to begin with. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we're able to have anywhere from the student who can pay fully for their education to the student who is homeless and needs a higher level of education to pull themselves out of the homeless situation. And I think that that's a very unique role that the community colleges and state colleges play across the country. So I want to start there. But now I'm going to give you some stats. (laughs) Our average age is approximately 26, um, and that includes our dual enrollment students. So we have a surplus of high schools that we offer dual enrollment classes at, and then we also have three, as you're aware, Katie, three Mm -hmm. collegiate high schools 
and through which most of our students graduate with Associate of Arts degrees when they graduate and either join us following or they get accepted to great institutions across the state. Most go to USF or UCF. And then uh, there's an exception like the student who graduated from Lakeland uh, Collegiate High School last year who's now at MIT on full yes. scholarship, mm-hmm. you know, Cuban exile. So we have a range of different opportunities. I mean, Emory, it's just a, it's just amazing to see what what our students do. So without that number included the dual enrollment, we're at about 28 for average age. Most of our students, majority are part-time. Um, most rely on federal financial aid. Mm-hmm. The majority of the minority are black. Second are Hispanic students. And um, that Hispanic number in particular continues to grow. Oh, absolutely. Um, because as you see. As it is in our region. Absolutely. Yeah. As the, it's just all of our statistics mirror the, the county's mm-hmm. statistics perfectly. And, you know, we also offer our baccalaureate degree programs. We have six baccalaureate degree programs. So it's not just to answer the second part of your question, moving on from the student profile, is, you know, about the college. So we don't just offer the Associate of Arts, which typically is for students to be able to transfer to a four-year university or mm-hmm. come to us, four-year college. or And I say typically to a four-year university because they should have access, if it's a public university per Florida's two-plus-two articulation mm-hmm. system, mm-hmm. or to a college, four-year college. Or, they, like I said, they come to us and complete their baccalaureates with us. But we also offer the associate in science degree. And then there's all of that corporate training that we offer right. that I like to coin as short-term training that will lead individuals or students to test for national industry-recognized credential and be above the poverty level. What are you watching this state legislation session? Well, during the legislative session, we are in particular focused at Polk State on preserving our Lake Wales campus, which is our J.D. Alexander Center. It encompasses uh, various services from student services all the way through the opportunity for students to complete their Associate of Arts degree and their Baccalaureate in Supervision and Management. It has been cut in the governor's budget. And that is, of course, a prediction. It's not the final answer. So during this time, we're once again turning to Governor DeSantis to request his support in preserving what we know provides a great quality higher education to the citizens of a very rural area in our county. Most of the students there, of course, from Lake Wales, since the center's in Lake Wales, Mm -hmm. Frostproof, Babson Park, and Fort Meade. But we also have numerous legislative requests that we have put before our local delegation. That's number one. And that is the number one priority because that is a $2.5 million impact to our budget. And as I presented to, had the fortune of presenting to the House Higher Education Appropriations Committee months ago, I shared with them that that could mean that we would be looking at um, not renewing approximately 25 contracts. And so we, we don't want to have to encounter that. Right. Um, right. Not, not just because of the employment, but also because of the student population that we're reaching. Mm-hmm. We've also requested $2 million to bolster student services to reduce what you were talking about, Katie, the academic advising mm-hmm. component, reduce the academic advisor to student ratio. So when I came on board, the ratio was one academic advisor to every 2,000 students. The first year I was here, we were able to secure $500,000 in funding, recurring funding, so that it would continue to come to us. Um, and we were able to hire seven additional academic advisors, which would ju- reduce the ratio to one advisor to every 1,065 students. The National Academic Advising Association recommends one advisor to every 430 students. Wow. Yes. (laughs) And so then pare it down. The systems average, actually pare it up a little bit. The systems average, the Florida College system, is one to 730, 720 approximately. Mm -hmm. So we're Mm -hmm. skewing the average. And we know, as you said previously, the advisor is the person from the moment the student reaches, has a touch point with the college, whether that's in a recruitment fair or whether that's at the office, mm-hmm. in the advisor's office on our Winter Haven or Lakeland or our other centers. 
uh, campuses or centers all the way through the very end of their completion and beyond. Mm -hmm. So um, that's very important. And, and we have aging buildings, just like many of the colleges do across the Florida college system. So we have one building in particular, which is on our Winter Haven campus, our oldest building. It's a little over 40 years old. Mm -hmm. It's where our theater is. We call it Building 4, just because that's how we know it. But that's right. not a very fancy name <laughs> for Building 4. It's where the majority of our... Someone needs to donate some money to the college exactly. and get their name on that Thank building. Thank you so much. <laughs> if your last welcome. name's 4, we have the building for you. <laughs> Kidding. Can't you just see it? I would love to see the, the Worthington building. Oh, I love, I love it. it. I need a pay raise for that, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> P.S., right? So, but the legislative session is ongoing, yeah. and it's it's soon. You know, it ends March 13th. Well, and there's such a, um overemphasis. So I was in Tallahassee last week for um, three days of meetings, and I feel like the tone has changed, certainly just in my time of being with the chamber for the last six years, of an emphasis on workforce development education. Um, and that's a very positive thing. But what needs to continue, what needs to back that up is the funding to be able to do that. And um, many hurdles have been overcome from limiting the number of baccalaureate degrees and, and, and various different struggles that went against that goal. Um, but I think it's important from an education perspective that People understand Lake Wales. It's not about a building. It's not about funding a building is not that request. That request is about funding education for those people and the programs that are accessible that may not be. Um, it just might be too hard for those people to make it into Winter Haven. Um, and so being able to provide that satellite campus is just a very powerful, powerful tool. So so community, you may see us coming and asking you to contact your legislative delegation yes, if yes. by the end of session we don't see Who, some Who, by movement. the way, have been wonderful. Yes. I've been speaking with them, and they are all very supportive. We're going to do their best to try to help us preserve the center. And I do want to also give a shout-out to Commissioner of Education, Richard Corcoran, who's worked very closely. I serve, have the fortune of serving as one of the presidents on the council presidents and on the steering team. And he's come to talk to us on numerous occasions about the system's priorities and is really aligning effectively with the manner in which we want to move our system forward. Perfect. So a lot of things um, in, in your short time, really, with Polk State have come to fruition, new programs, um, ribbon cuttings, that sort of thing. So what Two-part question. What are you most proud of um, since you started at Polk State? And what can we anticipate happening in Polk, at Polk State in 2020 and the years going forward? Well, first, I'm going to give you, um, since we've, we've joked a little bit, what I consider to be kind of the beauty pageant answer. Which is true, though. <laughs> it's not world peace. Don't worry. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. So many jokes that could have gone I along know, with that. I know, right? <laughs> it's our students. It is. I mean, that's, that's what I'm most proud of. The first commencement ceremony in which I presided over as president was the greatest professional honor I could have ever felt. I didn't. I tried not to cry, but I had tears in the back of my eyes just walking, you know, onto the stage. It was just such an honor. But to see our students complete... And then now that I've been where I am as president here at Polk State for two and a half years, I know a lot of them and I know their stories. Mm -hmm. So when they walk across the stage and I'm able to see and feel their accomplishment, there's no greater joy in life, uh, in my profession, than to see students succeed. And that's really what we're all about. Uh, but, you know, beyond that, which there's not much beyond that, but administratively, um, I'm really, I'm really very fortunate to have great faculty that I work with, mm -hmm. and I'm very proud of the relationships that I've developed with the faculty. I look forward to getting to know more of them. Um, I'm very, very excited that the first year in the legislative session with the local delegation, we were able to secure $500,000, as I just mentioned, mm -hmm. and recurring funding. The second year, we secured $1.25 million in recurring funding, and we were 
one of very few colleges that received individual line item funding and also recurring funding. Mm -hmm. So we were very fortunate coming out of both sessions. My fingers are crossed and I'm, you know, praying for an excellent legislative session this year again. Um, Also want to just share that we have a great partnership. I know the chamber does also, but I would like to commend Rex Jackson, general manager of Legoland. It has just been phenomenal. He and I started around the same time, Mm -hmm. but, but to establish the Polk State Legoland Network, and so for those of you who are listening, if you walk around Legoland and see a little Lego that has the Polk State logo on it, you know, please say hello and ask the students if they're students or if they were graduates. But it's a network of employees at Legoland that are either that have been touched by Polk State in some which way, form or another. And so that's just been very rewarding to see how Legoland is really dedicated. You know, think about an international company of that size dedicated to ensuring that the local workforce pipeline also is derived, I mentioned here locally, right. that it's not just an international pipeline that's coming here to Winter Haven, that they're dedicated to the organizations here and to partnering with us. So that's that's been phenomenal. Also, Superintendent Jackie Bird and I, along with great support from both of our teams, established an Establishing Leaders and Teachers Education Program Yes, that um, will hopefully permit students to complete their dual enrollment degree. So Um, their AA degree, Associate of Arts degree, while they're in high school. And when they graduate high school, then they test for certifications, the certification that is needed to pursue an education baccalaureate degree. And they will go right into, they'll have immediate access into our education baccalaureate program. And when they complete, hopefully the goal would be if they go full-time, they attend full-time at 20, they will have employment with the public school system. So it really is an effort to train our own local workforce teacher pipeline and that has won. Uh, we've received numerous awards. It's interesting because I've joked with the superintendent and said, well, we don't have any outcomes yet, but we still keep getting awards. Right. <laughs> the, and by the, the way, we're amazing. featured on like NBC Nightly News Absolutely. or something on those lines. Thank so you let's, so much. As, as the uh, news junkie that I am, that was really the most exciting part. Absolutely. But it's good for the students. Too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely great for the students. That's right. But it is. And I think part of the thing, so a lot of when I started in this job, a lot of people talked about like brain drain and retaining people in Polk County um, and not educating them to go then be amazing, awesome people other in other cities and other places. So that's what I love about the Elite program is it's a very intentional effort to grow our future workforce. And you mentioned Legoland is the same way. Uh, that is the beauty of what the state college can do. They can be very nimble in reacting to the specific needs of the community around them. And I think you've done a great job of positioning that. And who knows what the future will hold because we don't know what jobs we're going to need. That's exactly I mean, right. And, and from your amazing aviation program and that you can get pilots, can get their training for a fraction of the cost of other universities. I mean, that is an incredible pipeline of people that um, hopefully will retain some of them here at the amazing aviation economic development opportunities. But you may be on a plane someday that is being flown by somebody who received their license through the Polk State College program. Absolutely. And in fact, along the lines of aviation, I just want to highlight to something else is very proud of this last year that we launched an aerospace. It was in the aerospace program, but we launched an aircraft dispatcher certification program. And it was short, short-term training for the students who complete that program to test to be a, you know, an aircraft dispatcher. And we were very successful. Those students who complete that program have credit that they're able to apply. They will receive credit bearing so they can apply it toward their associate of science mm-hmm. in aviation if they'd like to or in aerospace. So we just have so much going wow. on mm-hmm. that's just remarkable. But you're right. You know, I met with the, the first nursing class of the semester. So nursing 101, that's not really the title of the class, just yesterday. 
and talk to the students. And we just have such phenomenal opportunities for this county to continue to grow. And I just want to remind those individuals who are listening today that 70% of our students who complete stay here and are employed here in the county. So to your point about affordability, we are the most affordable option in the county. We're designed to be that way. Mm -hmm. Um, We have great colleagues across the county in higher education. For example, you know, the word stackable credentials has been around in the community college world, the state college world for a while now. But if, if people want to come to us, students want to come to us and complete their registered nursing degree and then their bachelor's in science and nursing. Well, Florida Southern has a master's of science in nursing right. and a doctoral program in nursing. So there's just so much opportunity here locally. But we are the best cost. When people talk about affordability in higher education, that's one thing I can stand in front of you and say, well, you can access programs, and we by far are the best cost. And I add the best bang for your buck because we provide quality and we strive daily to ensure that the faculty have what they need so that they can provide quality education to our students because without the faculty, we wouldn't be able to talk about all these great accomplishments. Absolutely. Well, and I'd encourage any of our listeners that are willing to take uh, students um, either from the collegiate high school that have internship programs or students that are at the college, if you are interested in hiring um, either while they're still in school or once they graduate, definitely get involved in that recruitment process um, at Polk State and get in touch with the, the folks that you have there that can can put people in internships and create programs similar to the programs that Legoline has. So, so Angela, I want to thank you so much for coming in and recording oh, with us over. today. We're done. It's over. This was so much fun. <laughs> well, we are so thankful that you are a part of our community, a part of the Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors. But I hope that those of you listening can feel the energy um, that is emanating um, through the microphone. We are so fortunate to have Dr. Falconetti in Polk County. And, um, you know, I, I think if you've listened today, uh, you've heard it's it's a lot more than just running a business and running a college. There's a lot of politics involved. There's a lot of funding issues involved. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about outputs and the impact that you're creating better lives for the students of Polk County. So thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast today. Oh, thank you. And I do want to thank you, Katie, for everything that you do for our county and for giving me such a warm welcome upon my arrival here in the past two and a half years. The Winter Haven Chamber has really helped make Winter Haven in particular, but Polk County my home. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast would not be possible without our chamber and investor businesses stepping up to support us. We'd like to thank one of our podcast presenting sponsors, Advent Health. Advent Health came to Polk County in September 2019 with the acquisition of Heart of Florida Regional Medical Center and Lake Wales Medical Center and has swiftly become an active and engaged community partner. Established in 1908 by pioneering Seventh-day Adventists who believed in whole person health, healing of the mind, body, and spirit. Advent Health has grown into one of the largest nonprofit hospitals in the country. In addition to the two hospitals in Polk County, Advent Health has also has CentraCare, an urgent care facility on Cypress Gardens Boulevard, and a physician's group office on First Street in downtown Winter Haven. Learn more at adventhealth.com. That's adventhealth.com. Are you ready for a really adventurous year at Legoland, Florida? We are pleased to welcome with us today Chloe Boehm, PR manager at Legoland Florida Resort, to give us some intel in what's in store at Legoland in 2020. Welcome, Chloe. 
Thanks for having me. I liked your arg. Arg. You said I need more umph. Arg. You need to sound like a real pirate. I know. I need to work on that. I really do. <laughs> so 2020 has been dubbed the year of the pirate at Legoland Florida. Why? What is that? So hopefully you've seen the news about Legoland Pirate Island Hotel. So that's really the basis of where Year of the Pirate is coming from. That's our third on-site accommodation. If you live in Winter Haven, you know, we've got the Legoland Hotel and we've got Legoland Beach Retreat. But on April 17th, we're opening Legoland Pirate Island Hotel. So that's a completely unique, immersive experience. So as soon as you walk through the doors, you're going to feel like a pirate, and you're really going to have a chance to practice your R moment. Yes. Um, other outside of the hotel, we've got a new Pirate Fest weekends event. So that kicks off on April 17th and then runs consecutive weekends. And then we've got a new ski show coming. So you've grown up with the park. You've watched um, our Brickbeard ski show, and you've mm-hmm. come to know and love that. Well, we're going to spice it up a bit, Ooh. and we're going to bring it back with – even more stunts, acrobatic, and comedy on April 18th. Really? April 18th? Is April it? 18th. And gonna... so the hotel opens April 17th? 17th. Right? 17th. The show is the next day. And the event kicks off the next day, too. Wow, that's going to be a busy weekend for you guys. It is, and we're excited about it. That's really exciting. So how many hotel rooms total will you have when this new accommodation opens? When Pirate Island opens on April 17th, we'll have 468 rooms on site. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah, so 152 in the hotel. Um, and you can choose from different themes. Uh, we've got the Lego movie rooms. You've got Friends. You've got Pirate in that hotel, Kingdom and Adventure. And then at Legoland Beach Retreat, you're staying in your very own um, beach bungalow. Mm-hmm. And then you have a completely immersive pirate experience with 150 rooms in Pirate Island and That includes four suites. So completely immersive. So I want to know if talking like a pirate is part of the interview process and if every day is talk like a pirate day at the Legoland Pirate Island Hotel. Every day is talk like a pirate day at Legoland Pirate Island Hotel. (laughs) So from check-in to when you walk through and you... Uh, walk through this portal that's really going to transport you into your pirate adventure to the elevator is going to be this crate that's going to take you up to your hotel room floor and crate did you say crate? it's going to be like a shipment crate you know so like pirates have stuff on their ship and Mm -hmm. really we've got the disco ball in the legoland hotel where this elevator is going to have its own experience too yeah that you said every room is themed pirate themed so are there like hidden treasure in the hotel that you have to like mm-hmm. get your mateys to go find and and the you know find the booty and all that kind of stuff <laughs> you are going to find your booty because there is a treasure chest in the room oh, okay so no element has been overlooked in this even down to the peepholes in the hotel room door so there's one at adult level and then there's one on kid level so mm-hmm. They're paying attention to all of that. And then each room has a uh, treasure chest inside where there's a little bit of a treasure hunt throughout your room that you've got to figure out the code to unlock it. And then each night of your stay, you find your treasure in there. Oh, so they replenish the treasure? They do when you stay. Oh, that's really neat. That's really neat. That's amazing. Uh, Chloe, what are the dining options going to be in the new hotel? Inside the hotel, there's two dining options. There's Smuggler's Bar. So that is really catering to our adult Pirates. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be the craft beer central 
of Legoland Florida Resort. And we're going to have a lot of rum options there. Ooh. For the parents, after you've spent a long day in the theme park with your kids, you need to relax too. Mm-hmm. And then Shipwreck Restaurant is where you will have family-style dining. Each night of your stay, breakfast is included, and that's served on a, a giant platter where your whole family gets to pick you know, your type of eggs and your meat, and then you all enjoy it together. Oh, that's awesome. And then that's a dinner option as well. Um, Again, that family-style dining, which is new to Legoland Florida Resort. Very cool. So the um, in the first Legoland Hotel, uh, the bar area, which Legoland's always been uh, a great supporter of local craft beer. Um, and when the hotel opened, it was, uh, you know, Cigar City or local Florida craft beer, which I thought is really awesome. And now you've got Grove Roots in the Park, which is really cool, which is our local Winter Haven uh, craft brewery. Um, But what's really neat, now that I actually have children, I appreciate this more than when the hotel first opened, is that it's very open. Like, you can be sitting, relaxing, enjoying an appetizer, having a glass of wine or or beer or rum, as it sounds like. Um, But you can still see your kid running around. They have, like, a playground in the hotel lobby. Is there something like that planned for the Pirate Island Hotel? Yes. So when you... That is something that you pay attention to when you are a parent. Mm -hmm. You want an eye on your child the whole time you're there, and you also want to sit back and have a drink after a long day. But when you're in the lobby of the Legoland Hotel, you can see your kid playing, whether that's on the giant castle. And then that same element will be incorporated into Legoland Mm -hmm. Pirate Island Hotel. So you said that the ski show is getting a little spicy overhaul. Can you reveal any details on that? Or is that going to be like a big surprise on the 18th, April 18th? Well, water skiing is just such a big part of the history here in Winter Haven. And Uh, Legoland Florida has done a good job of keeping that living um, within the theme park realm and we're the only Legoland park that has a water ski show so we're taking it up several notches and adding a lot more stunt elements to that I don't want to share too much of what's going to be in there but it'll have a brand new um, theme to it it'll still be pirate Mm -hmm. but you'll have to come check it out on April 18th definitely will come check it out on April 18th so anything else that the guests need to be aware? Well, first off, I was at the park yesterday, and it was a beautiful day. And the hotel looks very far along. Like, mm-hmm. the outside looks amazing. Um, and it's kind of neat how it the Pirate Island blends right in with the Legoland Hotel, which is really, really cool. And it was um, Pirates Weekend this past weekend, too. So they had, like— Ninjago, Ninjago Days. It was Ninjago Days. Ninjago Days. So it was Ninjago Days. So they had a lot of little stations out, um, like— uh, building Ninjago stuff. and So is that what people can expect for pirate uh, weekends and pirate days, that they'll have like little extra activities throughout the park that they can, you know, become a pirate and that sort of thing? That's exactly, uh, that event is going to teach you to walk, talk, and be a pirate. So when you stay in Legoland Pirate Island Hotel, that adventure continues over into the theme park. So mm-hmm. whether that's meeting a brand new character, because... That's a huge staple to our events is the brand new characters that come along with those. Um, there's definitely going to be builds, and it's just going to be a huge pirate adventure the whole time you're there. Well, we are, have been very lucky to have Legoland in Winter Haven, and the kind of the running joke is every six months there's something new. Um, and, you know, you have years where you have really big new things, like mm-hmm. a new hotel. Um, last year, I mean, last year was another big year because <laughs> you had Lego Movie World yeah. open um, last year, with and, and that section of the park was packed this weekend we were in there um so you know there's always something new and exciting to look forward to Mm -hmm. and um I think for those of you that are listening that have been to Legoland before don't just say I've been there before 
and okay, that's it. Like you can really come back and you guys are always running such great Florida resident specials mm-hmm. and, and annual pass specials. I know we bought ours on Black Friday, so we got a really good deal on annual passes. And so, you know, what for someone who hasn't been to Legoland yet, just in general, you know, tell them what they, they can expect when they come to Legoland. So if you have a child between the ages of two to 12, then and you haven't visited us yet, you definitely want to because this is the perfect theme park experience to ride your first roller coaster or meet your first theme park character or eat an ice cream cone together mm-hmm. in the theme park. But the really the best way to do that is with an annual pass, especially if you're local and get a Florida resident annual pass. And then we've got the water park too. Mm -hmm. And that is opening February 15th for the longest season ever. And we've added heaters to the pools. So (gasps) we're giving those annual pass holders and locals even more reason to have that annual pass because you can have the theme park and the water park. So including all of our seasonal events like Pirate Fest weekends, Lego Ninjago days, you can experience the hotels, the water park, there there really is so much to do. And it's even just an afternoon visit if you, right. you know, you get out of school and you want to come for a few hours, you've got that annual pass and you can do that. Yeah, well, that's what we love. And we, you know, Rachel and I both have toddlers. But for me, it's the, okay, it's Saturday morning at 9 a.m. and we need to expend some energy. So we come up to the park and, I mean, we're here for an hour and a half, two hours. But, you know, we Before live nap time. Before nap time. <laughs> yes. And then she'll actually go down for a nap. <laughs> but um, the indoor, so another new thing um, this year is you guys renovated the indoor playground for toddlers in Duplo yes. Valley. So um, that's Florida Prepaid that helped you guys do that. And yes. I mean, my daughter, we were there yesterday, and she ran around that for like an hour and a half. And a tip, you know, for those parents that have those smaller kids, inside of there is the baby care center as well. And those are just private spaces that you can go in there if you need to take a break from the theme park and have some air conditioner (laughs) to cool down. That's in there, too. Yeah, I know. That's great. And I saw a lot of parents taking advantage of that. There are even high chairs in there. There So if like you brought food, there's a microwave and there's high chairs. Mm -hmm. So if you brought food with you um, for your baby or, or, you know, breast milk that you need to heat up or something along those lines. Just trying to make that theme park experience pleasant for everybody. Right. Well, and that's one of the things that um, Legoland and, and Merlin Entertainments is so well known for is they're not really catering to us, they're catering to the kids, but mm-hmm. by catering to the kids, they're making it really easy on the parents. And I think that's great. Like changing table in the men's room. All you businesses. And that's great to hear that from a mom that visits the park. So <laughs> Yes. Well, and um, to all you businesses out there that don't have changing tables in men's room. Take get, a note. Get, get, with, get with it now because. Uh, Give mom a break. Yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes we want the husband to change the diaper yeah. when we're out. So, um, you know, um, Rachel. So your son is 15 months, 16 16 months. months, Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, one thing that I love about the indoor playground is like you can just you can see them all over. And so you can really just kind of relax for a little bit and let them run around and climb on everything. Yes. Which is which Which is is what my toddler does. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yesterday, Skylar was running around showing everyone her muscles. It was really cute. (laughs) She was going around and she's she would stop. And I don't know why, but she would stop and she would do the like Hulk muscle thing. And like, and maybe she's practicing her pirate. like She was just being uh, a pirate. (laughs) She was. She was already doing PR for your new section. She's hired. She's hired. So um, anyway, Chloe, we want to thank you so much for for coming out here today and, and giving us a little preview into what is to come in 2020 with the Year of the Pirates. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. And we will certainly practice our our talking like a pirate um, so that we fit in more when we go to visit the park. 
Sounds good. Arr. We'll see you. Arr. 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 <laughs>